0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Ireland, as you know, has the highest incidence of cystic fibrosis in the world. Approximately 1 in 19 people are said to carry one copy of the altered gene that causes cystic fibrosis. Um, the age, just uh, go on to another website, the, the age, average age at which cystic fibrosis sufferers uh, live to can be between, between 40 and 50. It was uh, younger in Ireland. But I think in the last 10 years with the incredible uh, explosion in drugs for CF, you could, I think you can safely say the last, last 10 years for CF uh, sufferers and carriers have seen more medical advances uh, than the previous uh, 100 years. It was discovered, by the way, uh, about 90 years ago, there was a name put on it, cystic, uh, cystic fibrosis, and that's where we're at at the minute, and we're at a, a campaign by many, many people, um, primarily 35 families, 35 children aged from 6 and 12 who have been told Caftrio, this new drug, which has been in Ireland for a number of three or four years at this stage, uh, has been prescribed for CF sufferers between uh, 12 upwards and some CF sufferers between 6 and 12. It's now been discovered that Caftrio is, uh, would work in another group of CF sufferers. There are different types of cystic fibrosis, different gene types, that it would work in another group and there's 35 of them age between 6 and 12. But the government and uh, Vertex, the manufacturer and the inventor of many cystic fibrosis, life-saving drugs, are locked in a financial battle about how much they will pay for this extra cohort, this extra group of uh, 35. And that's why parents have been contacting us, because yesterday they discovered again after a seven-month campaign, if not longer, and you heard them on Liveline here before, but they discovered yesterday relevant says you or I whether it's two weeks of Christmas or 22 weeks of Christmas but they discovered yesterday that the battle between the standoff between Vertex and the Irish government continues over money and the can has basically been kicked down the road and as one uh, parent said yesterday it looks like it could be another 18 months before they even get a decision and their six uh, the six to 12 year old group who Everyone, nobody denies it would make uh, an incredible difference to them. Um, Sarah, good afternoon, Sarah. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Okay. You begin, it's a very stark sentence, Sarah. I've received counselling for the guilt I feel for not only giving my son cystic fibrosis, but also now that he cannot, cannot access Caftrio. Charlie is seven. Um, That's right. And... Do you want to talk about that that sentence? I've received counselling for the guilt I feel. Yes. Um, to be completely honest with you, there's not a single day in my life that goes by that I don't feel guilt. Not all parents should feel like this, but I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that I'm the one that has given this to him. His rare gene comes from me. Charlie has a feeding tube. I couldn't feed my son. He wouldn't eat normally like other children. And I blame myself for that because of his pancreatic insufficiency as a result of his CF, partially that I gave him. Hmm. And I struggled to accept the fact that my son needed a feeding tube. And then Caftrio came and it was a hope that he wouldn't need a feeding tube anymore. His consultant was happy that he could live a more normal life. And then we found out in May that Charlie wouldn't avail of Captrio because he is one of these 35 children Mm -hmm. that have a rare gene. And Mm -hmm. I am the one that gave this to him. And now he's not getting medication because of this gene that I passed to him. But it's now those 35 children, including Charlie, it's um, it's beyond doubt that they, they could benefit from Caftrio. Yes. We've heard so many wonderful stories and, and, and we're so appreciative for the callers that have been coming in yesterday. And we're so appreciative of, of you letting us share our stories. 
but we've heard some of these other wonderful people sharing how Calf Trio has helped them. Even yesterday, Ollie was saying that yeah. he doesn't have a feeding tube anymore. Yeah, Ollie is 14. He's on, he was on, um, my memory is he's on Calf Trio. He can remember the day and the time he first took it. Um, he's now on a rugby team. He said he, he said he went to, I think it was Disney World, he had to be wheeled around in a wheelchair. He was so unwell. Calf Trio, he's now on a rugby team. He can run, run 5K, 10K. The difference is, is uh, miraculous. But Sarah, too, and pe- people will be, I, I think, maybe annoyed at me that I let you say, I feel guilt. But it's not your fault. I'm trying. <laughs> um, and I think that's why I think I've been trying to help a work and campaign to try to get some progress. But, Joe, it's just the past couple of days have been horrible. We've All of these months that we've been campaigning and interviewing and putting our stories out there, and it's hard. It's really hard to do. Yeah, I know. And we've gotten nowhere because it's gone to this HTA now. Yeah. And, and we haven't received any apology from anybody. There's been no accountability for what's happened. We were told we were getting medication, and we were told by professional consultants. They had no idea this was happening. Yeah. So, so something went wrong. Something seriously went wrong, and nobody is taking accountability. And the only one that's suffering is our children. Okay, Sarah, I'll come back to you in, in, in a couple of minutes. I... I a cleaner, cleaner wheel and cleaner. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, Joe. And I hope you don't think it's unfair of me in any way to go from Sarah to you. But I just, no. I, I just want you to illustrate uh, in your life the difference that Calf Trio has made for you. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, my life has completely changed since I started Calf Trio. I started it in October of last year and before I started it I was regularly in out of hospital doing home IVs my weight was underway my lung function was in the 30s 40s and I was told I could never have children yeah and then we started Cat Trio in October and then of July of this year I found out I was pregnant before going to start an IVF congratulations so if it wasn't for Cafeteria, I definitely wouldn't be having my family or as healthy as I am now. Yeah. And CF does affect uh, reproduction. It, it affects so many things, so many It does. With, uh, with men, it's a completely different ballgame. I won't get too much into it, but yeah. men can completely struggle when it comes to fertility. They have to go through rounds of treatment. Women, then, it's kind of... Uh, 50-50, some women are blessed with CF that they have no problem at all but then other women with like the built up of mucus, it can really affect the reproductive system and in my case that's what happened And Kleena, do you and do you mind me asking this, do, do you need to be screening constantly? Yeah, so when we were talking about trying for a child yeah. the first immediate conversation was, are you sure you want to do this? Like there's a risk that your offspring could have CF. Yeah. And then my partner had to go for screening and then they were like, well, there's still that chance. Are you okay? We're still talking about it. My partner's still waiting for his results. It's something that me and him have to sit down and talk about, like, what do we do? But the way we look at it is I have CF. If my little boy, if he has CF, then that's something we're going to have to deal with because I'm not going to put my life on hold and not, have a family and a future to look forward to. And when you read and when you heard about this decision to kick the can down the road, the financial can, basically, the monitor, it's that's the only thing that's stopping this calf trio for this, this specific 35 children at this stage. Um, what was your reaction, Cleaner? It's not fair. Like, it's really not. Like, why, why just why can't 
why is there always a thing in this country when it comes to getting medication? There's always a problem. It was the same with the Arcambi a few years back. Like parents fought for it and protesting. Like, like what? Like how often does, does it take for them to see? Like what, how many children have to get severely ill? How many families have to be broken? Like it's just not fair. Say what is clean. Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is our text number. Lou, good afternoon. You want to talk about your 15-year-old son, Lee. And 15 is a magic number because in this case it's over 12. And it's over 12-year-olds who are, who are primarily getting the CAP trio. And 6 to 12-year-olds, the 35, 6 to 12-year-olds who would benefit from CAP trio because of the specific type of CF they have. They're, they're caught in a battle between the, the Irish government and Vertex about the price. Um, tell us the difference it made for Lee, Lou. Hi, Joe. Yeah, Lee is actually um, uh, my daughter. But, oh, sorry. Um, that's my all right. Fault. My fault. That's okay. Um, yeah, um, Lee had access when she was 13, November, okay. uh, two years ago. Um, she hadn't been on any other modulator because of her specific genes as well. So okay. Catrio was, you know, her, her first one. So we were... We were obviously very um, excited um, and I, I think and I heard what, what prompted me to get in touch was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I heard other people kind of saying, look, my, my child was, was pretty well pre-Caftrio and I, I would have said the same thing. And then when I stopped to think about it, pretty well, you know, meant actually really quite sick. Um, but it's just that you weren't on a transplant list or you weren't... Um, you know, in hospital 24-7, looking at a very, very, you know, dismal prognosis yeah, or right, outlook. Yeah. So um, the difference it made was was pretty miraculous within 36 hours. Uh, you've heard people talk about the purge that happens, which is yeah. basically anywhere the mucous membranes are, they begin to clear yeah. the old sticky mucus because at a cellular level, it's, it's beginning to work. Uh, correctly, so okay. you know we had that, and literally within thirty six hours, she stopped coughing, and wow. I, that alone. And I've heard other people say, it, but that alone, to hear a child cough constantly, <sighs> constantly hacking like Lee used to cough every single night of her life. Really, there was never a break. It would have been, it could have been ten minutes, it could have been four hours vomit coughing. Um, but oh, for that alone yeah. to stop, the difference it makes in life, like she, she just sat her junior cert, I've gone back to work part-time. It's, it's not just a difference to the person, it's a difference to the family, to the extended family, to the community, to the economy, to the overall, you know, living of life in Ireland. It's just, it's not just the child, even though the child is the most important thing. And we have a CF, a group of mothers that... Okay few of us set up several years ago, I don't know, could have been 10 years ago at this point, but, you know, we're on there, the older crew who've got older children um, uh, or who had older children because there are several amongst us who've lost their children to CF. Um, And we're a very tight, supportive community and it's heartbreaking for all of us in there to hear parents whose names we know, who we may not have met mm-hmm. even in person, but to hear all these people come on and have to tell such a personal yeah. um, and sad story on national airwaves. And it, that's, that's heartbreaking for all of us. We, we've all been together through, through our Canby, through Access to Captrio, and now here we are again. And this NTA thing is, that's criminal. It's a joke. Well, I, I honestly, there's no sense to that at all. It's just... Um, it's just buying time for absolutely no reason. It's They're talking about cost, and then how much is that going to cost? A ridiculous, senseless, pointless NTA. For what outcome? Um, and also just to say, Lee, as it happened, had some side effects mm-hmm. on Caftrio. Okay. So we, after several trial and error, we had to come on and off and on and off. And um, But just to point out, she's now on a half dose okay. um, of Caftrio. Now, it's very possible um, that other people may have, you know, similar. So these things, and obviously that's not a, a, that would be a a clinical decision, but, you know, everybody deserves the chance to have it, to try it. Um, For most people, it 
just works fantastically. Uh, for us, we now have a half dose that gives all the benefits, a lung function that's, that's okay. steady and going, but, but no new side effects. So, you know, there's a, there's a, half, a half a dose of cost saving straight away and she's surely not the only one, but it just allows her to participate in society and not miss as, as many, yeah. you know, events and uh, just life events. And, you know, those, those things that are normal, little gatherings, family gatherings, means all of us as a family can begin to participate in community again because uh, it's very hard when you have a child with CF, you, you know, it's very hard to live. It's very hard to yeah, plan. 24-7, um, 365. Exactly. Recording, recording, recording. Exactly, yeah. And, and yeah. The, clock, the clock is uh, ticking. And, and I don't know whether I'm right in saying this because I haven't, I've, 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 all I remember is the time we did it on Liveline, I think it's 10 years ago, um, when a group of people, a group of people who were living with CF, even though the phrase at the time was CF suffers now, thankfully it's living with CF, they were campaigning for a new unit in St. Vincent Hospital with individual rooms because of infection and individual rooms with their own bathroom. And that's, that's how that, yeah. um, that's our force, that's my force uh, on this programme. And um, all of, I've followed it ever since, and as so many people have. And the advances, and then we had the Orcambi calls for, for a long period, and we were getting the same, the listeners, the callers were getting the same response. It's money, it's cost effectiveness. Um, and then our Canby got through eventually, and that made a difference. And then Cafeteria was the delay. So in the 10 years, there seems to be have been miraculous developments in cystic fibrosis and for people living with it. The uh, longevity has increased. We have the highest incidence in the world. We used to have one of the lowest uh, longevity spells, so to speak. Where now That's now edging up. It's an inc incredible advances. Um, but still, in this particular case, the 35... Uh, children are who could benefit are uh, caught in the middle. As one father yeah. said, they're being held hostage between yeah. the government and uh, Vertex. I don't know. Anyway, we, we, we'll um, we, we'll um, we'll we'll see. Lou, and then the other thing that that struck me was Paul yesterday talking about his darling daughter Isabel, the firecracker, who's waiting on Cap Trio. She'll have to wait three years at the moment because she's uh, she's not twelve. And he said his medication, his medication that his daughter is on at eight years of age is delivered in pallets. Wow. She's on 80 tablets a day. Wow. And yeah. is, does, does your daughter, does Lee, is Lee on other medication as well as Caftrio? Compare and contrast prior to the arrival of Caftrio. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, well, Lee also is pancreatic insufficient, which is fairly common with um, people with CF so because the mucous membranes around the pancreas are clogged so the natural enzymes to digest food aren't released so that's where you have trouble gaining weight etc. So I mean even um, her requirement for pancreatic enzymes uh, dropped since Caftrio yeah. uh, and that's still kind of maintained somewhat on the half dose so and the other, the other point for, for children who don't get it until they're 12 the damage, you know, that can potentially happen to a young yeah. child's yeah. lungs, liver, pancreas. Um, you know, if you get it now, you're going to have less to deal with. Yeah. And yeah. surely from a cost point of view alone, if they're only going to be, you know, looking at it from that, doesn't it make sense to stop it? Like preventative medicine at, at this stage, you're still dealing with, I mean, you know, we're still dealing with, we used to go into you go for an annual review, you go for regular uh, clinic checks with the multidisciplinary team, uh, but you go for an annual review and you'll have a CT scan and ultrasound, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we'd see scarring worsening on every yeah. single annual review. And to sit and look at that and to know that it's preventable mm -hmm. must just tear your heart in two. And we don't know. The other thing is, we don't know what the, what the the argument, how much the argument is over at the minute for the thirty five. Um, one family yesterday said they heard. They haven't been told. They heard it was half a million per year per child, and then we got another call this morning from somebody who um, was was not under twelve, obviously, um, but has been using to great effect Cap Trio, and he discovered it costs. 
because he, he, he decided to try and pay for it himself. It was costing 21000 a month, which is a quarter of a million a year. Right, there. yeah. And, and I don't know what figures, if the government are even going to reply or the yeah. agency or whatever. I don't know what figures they're going to throw out. I don't know what figures to believe. Yeah. I don't know what Vertex are saying. They're saying we're, it's a priority for them, these 35 in Ireland. I don't know how, how 35 uh, feature in the... It's a, multi, it's a multinational, but it is a multinational headed by a woman who is a medic and, and has incredible credentials in terms of research and, and caring. But at the end of the day, they are a pharma company and they say yeah. we have to invest countless yeah. millions, if not billions, into trying to discover these miraculous drugs. Yeah. Uh, that just happened. Um, uh, Lou, do you want to say anything to Sarah? Because I... I feel like I'm, I can't when she talks about that guilt and the hurt. That I know Sarah from our CF Man's ah, group, okay. actually. We, okay. we both were chatting about, we had both written little kids' books, actually, for our children wow. when they were small to try and give them some little fun element of, you know, normality in the nebulizers and the feeding tubes, etc. And and I do, I, I you know, every mother with CF and any other, you know, serious health challenge will will understand exactly how you feel, Sarah. Okay, and yeah. and I did also feel that myself for many yeah. years. Um, that guilt. Yeah, yeah, you do. And I, I think it's, you see, it's compounded by the fact that you can't help when you see your child suffering. Mm. If there was something, you know, that you could do, I mean, I think Sarah and all of us, we, you know, Sarah threw herself into writing a fabulous little book um, and, you know, I threw myself in, like many other mothers, to various, looking up different research or different alternate therapies that might work. Uh, all, all I can say is I send you a huge hug. I completely understand, um, but it, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's not, it's not our fault. We, you know, nobody wants to willingly see their child suffer or hurt their child. It's, it's, it's hard. It's very hard. But, but you're, you know, we're a strong group. We're fantastic women and yeah. men, uh, moms and dads and aunts and uncles, extended families, all who do so much and offer so much support. I mean, our community is outstanding in its, um, activism and its its support. Um, so it's it's not your fault, Sarah. You're a great mom. You're a great mom. And there's there's thirty thousand people living with cystic fibrosis in, this, in the United States, which I presume is one of the reasons why Vertex are trying to do something about it. There's about fourteen fifteen hundred in Ireland living with cystic fibrosis. But as Lou pointed out, that that is just the centre of it. That the ripples go out. Parents, friends, buddies, uncles, aunts. We heard a, we heard aunts on yesterday in tears talking about their nieces and their their nephews. Sarah and Lou and Kleena, st- stay with us, please. And we'll be back after this break. Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is uh, the text number. And remember, we have a WhatsApp uh, voice message line, and that is 87 Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Now, you see, I don't, I don't know if it's just good news or whatever, but we've had, we've had another updated statement from Vertex. And Vertex are based in Boston, and we were wondering um, over the last few weeks if they even knew about the 35. Um, and this is a statement just came in 11 minutes past two. Uh, from uh, Vertex uh, in Boston. They say, we would like to share that for more than 20 years, Vertex, I think it's worth reading out all of this, by the way. Um, uh, We would like to share that for more than 20 years, Vertex has been relentless in its mission to discover and develop transformative medicines for cystic fibrosis that reach all people with the disease, regardless of genotype or age, and with the ultimate ambition of finding a cure. Each year, Vertex reinvests over a billion dollars into developing new medicines for people who today have few or no treatment options. More than 70% of our operating expenses are dedicated to research and development, well above the average of the top pharma and biotech companies in the industry. 
Sustainable access to medicines is highly complex and requires many stakeholders to work together. We believe that all eligible patients should have sustainable access to wear medicines and we continue to work with government agencies, policymakers, payers and patient advocacy organisations to achieve uh, regulatory approval and national reimbursement agreements in countries where there is a path for sustainable access for patients. And remember, this is a specific statement for Ireland from Vertex. In Ireland, the 35 patients in the 6 to 11-year-old, that's in other words 6 to the day of their last day of being 11, a 6 to 11-year-old patient population with specific genotypes were not included in the original agreement that Vertex signed with the HSE in 2017 because it was not known at that time that our medicines would work for these patients. Finding a path for reimbursed access for those patients remains a top priority for Vertex and talks with the HSE remain constructive and active to secure a path forward. Now, there's glimpses of optimism in even, even the fact that Vertex have issued a statement about the Irish situation and they do reference the 35. I think it's the first time I've seen a reference to the 35 in any uh, statement. And this is, we asked the HSE for a statement and they gave us the same statement as they gave us yesterday and I think today before. The HSE is committed to providing access to as many medicines as possible in as timely a fashion as possible from the resources available. The HSE has approved the reimbursement of CAFTRIO and is committed to continuing to communicate and follow up for Vertex Pharmaceuticals in a proactive manner. Now, what the HSE don't say, they they haven't approved the reimbursement of CAF3 for the 35, otherwise we wouldn't be having these uh, heart-breaking uh, conversations. Um, Paula, Paula Rosengrave, I want to bring Paula. Paula, Sarah mentioned, who was our first caller, and I'll read out that, that uh, profound line. I have received counselling for the guilt I feel for not only giving my son cystic fibrosis, but also now that he cannot access cafeteria because of his age. Charlie is uh, seven. Paula Rosengrave, you set up the first counselling service, you tell us, for CF uh, people. Why, why did you set it up, Paula? How did that come about? Well, actually, it wasn't. I said um, what, what happened to us. I was a psychologist brought onto the cystic fibrosis team in right. Vincent's Hospital. Okay. Um, under MX Fitzgerald, who is um, a very, very big advocate and, and the main consultant at the time in cystic fibrosis and the adult unit in Vincent's. Okay. So I was brought in to set up the counting service in Vincent's, which served really the whole country. Um, so. My job was to deal with all the day-to-day issues um, that were emerging for the patients and their families. Back then in the 90s, we were losing a lot of patients. So um, patients might come in at 12 and 13 years of age um, and they might die within a year or two of, of, of being uh, coming backwards and forwards to Vincent's Hospital. So it was very heartbreaking back then. Um, watching such young people die um, and as you, you pointed out earlier on, the facilities in Vincent's weren't adequate at all because um, yeah. patients didn't have single bedded units yeah. and they were getting MRSA and they were becoming infected um, so it was, it was the, the staff patients and their families were under extreme stress back then and because we didn't have the therapeutics um, that you have today, their, um, their life expectancy was very well, majority, it was quite low, really. I, I yeah, only saw yeah. back then a few few adults who were surviving right into adulthood. That's how severe it was back then. And thankfully, therapeutics have changed that quite considerably. Now, Paula, that issue that Sarah raised, and Lou spoke about it as well, she has it. She went through it and now, thankfully, Lee, her daughter, is on a CAF trio and as she explained, it's made a, mm-hmm. a world of a difference. And Sarah's line, I've, I've received counselling for the guilt I feel. Do a lot of parents mm-hmm. feel guilty, Paula? Yes, and um, very much so. I mean, they're under a massive amount of stress. I think what I, yeah. I, I'd like to leave everybody understanding about cystic fibrosis is that from the time the patient and their families get up in the morning, they're at work all day long to try and keep this wow. um, disease at bay. 
it's, it's, a, it's a 24 hour job. There's no doubt about that, 365 days a year. Um, and so they're under considerable stress just with the, the therapeutic end of it um, physiotherapy, um, taking all the medication they have to take, trying to make sure that their ch- they keep their children as safe as they possibly can and they're getting the optimum kind of treatment they can. And trying to keep them out of hospital, that was always a very big issue. And um, that's when stress really hits it for a lot of, of, yeah. of parents. Um, because then they realise, you know what, this is very real and an exacerbation and on antibiotics, etc. Um, made that stress even worse for them, uh, the reality of that and that, that maybe their child was deteriorating in some ways. So, yeah, I mean, it's so understandable. They are overwhelmed um, by the amount of of, of involvement they have to have with their children. Their children aren't living a normal life. They're not like your and my children who can, you know, go on, go to Mm -hmm. school. A lot of children didn't end up going to school for maybe long periods of time. And they weren't able to go to concerts and um, do all the things that teenagers do. Sleepovers, birthday parties, you know, anywhere they might, yeah. So, 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 so that, that teenage years were always very difficult for many young patients. And that's when sometimes they stopped actually taking their, their medication and mm. they stopped doing the physiotherapy. It was like their way of expressing their anger and frustration as not being able to be the same as other kids of their own age group. So um, it, 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 there's, there's all this, the developmental stages and phases that many patients and the families went through and you have to be aware of those and understand them and, and, and find ways to help them to deal with those realities. And Paula, as a psychologist, as you, as you said, you were working with <laughs> CF as, uh, families, so to speak, people living, yeah. people living with cystic fibrosis. Um, did, you, did you or can anybody dilute, uh, eliminate, assuage that, that guilt that Sarah feels? Yeah, I, I, I think um, I, I, you know, guilt is a is a is a is a, a very important emotion to understand, yeah. and I, I think guilt also comes out of helplessness. When you feel helpless and you can't have that one person you love so much, guilt can also be the kind of emotion that comes with that. And there is no reason for any of the parents to feel guilty. But you know what? It, it's it's an emotion that just creeps in there and sometimes doesn't yeah. leave you. Um, and the fact is that every single parent that you've had on, every single patient, they're all working their best to try and combat this disease. But unfortunately, without the right therapeutics, without the right kind of medication, yeah. without this drug, it's very hard for them to do that. Um, and that's why I, I, you know, it's so sad, Joe. I remember listening to your show before where you talked about this in hospital and the lack of facilities yeah. that were there. It is almost like continuously you and these families have to, uh, you know, knock at the door of the government and, and, and the Minister for Health and beg, beg for them to listen. These parents do not have time. These patients don't have time. They're so busy just trying to survive. And actually, there was an instance in South America of one study that I saw where they seemed to uh, imply that actually some patients were developing post-traumatic stress disorder, which is my specialty area. So that tells you the level of helplessness that that these Mm. parents are feeling. Um, And so... There's nothing to feel guilty about, but again, it's, it's one of those responses that we often have yeah, as, as yeah. human beings when we feel helpless, when we can't do anything else. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's very sad, and it was it, it was a very far-seeing consultant that did bring me onto the team and, yeah, and, yeah, and, and saw the need. Yeah. He was fantastic, and um, um, Professor Fitzgerald. Um, and I think, you know, so, and, and just to say, it's not even that it's just CF that the families have to deal with. They are families like all families. They're yeah. dealing with yeah. all sorts yeah. of issues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, they're trying to keep the lights on too. They're trying to, yeah. um, you know, deal with maybe other um, family issues yeah. and problems and other bereavements. Um, so it's multiplicit. What, what many mm-hmm. families and cystic fibrosis have to be, you know, deal with on top of a very, very severe illness that without the help of, you know, the government and, and companies that provide the right therapeutics, it's almost impossible for them to combat this disease. Let me, thanks Paula for the time being, as Paula Rosengrave. Okay. Sarah, you, you, you spoke about the guilt that you have and Paula, uh, mentioned it there again the guilt I feel for not only giving my son CF 
but also the guilt that he cannot access CAF Trio. But how... That that is not your fault. How can... How could you have, How can you make a difference in trying to influence the government or Vertex to sort out this row for the 35? I think that... And I think this is really important for, for maybe your listeners to understand as well, because I, I get asked very frequently. It's, it's a very confusing... Um, situation basically how this happened and this is what I would plead to the government to please intervene and help us this isn't our fault we were told and we were promised medication this isn't a case that we had an idea and we're like oh let's go off on ourselves and pop into the shop and get there's a process and a procedure to get medication like this we were told specifically, you know, I, I remember, we, we were told that Charlie would avail Caprio on November 22nd, 2021. Would it be something like that? Okay, your line, Sarah, hang on, Sarah, I'm not being real. Your line, your line is deteriorating, and I want, I want to get this point across uh, so strongly because it is such a profound point. Uh, we'll be back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Sarah, I hope the line is better. I'm told it is um, joe.rt.ie. Sarah, you mentioned that, that date in, was it 14 months ago, where you're told that Calf Trio was coming? Yes, that's correct. Um, so we, we were told specifically by the team, by our consultant, that yeah, Charlie would avail of Captrio. And you were given a date. You remember and we were, we, Yeah, we were told on November 22nd, 2021. So we, we wouldn't make this up. We were told by a professional team that we trust, and it's not their fault yeah, because yeah. They, they didn't realize anything was wrong. But the point is this. It gave us hope. It gave us hope, and mm. it prepared us, and it prepared our children. That was part of our job. We needed to prepare our children to do blood tests, to do sweat tests, to yeah. be able to swallow large tablets in preparation for calf trio. There's a lot involved in that. Okay. And then we find out very abruptly that, no, sorry, there was a mistake in the contract. Mm. It's not that your child won't benefit from this not at all it's because there was a mistake in the contract and i think this is very 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 important this mistake when whenever it was recognized Mm -hmm. it should have either then have been recognized and said okay you know what no we cannot tell this group of family we cannot tell these people that they will avail of medication and give them hope and prepare them because that's cruel we will either, or if it did happen, the awareness came after, after the fact. Yeah. There's no apology. There's nothing. And to make things worse, it just gets stretched out and out. And there is no solution. There is no answer. We don't know if our children are going to get this. And, when, and thank you for, for Paula for, for speaking, but it's, so, it's, it's very true. Like, I, I struggle with Charlie in the sense of I feel like I have reverse anorexia. I'm always looking at how much fat he's consuming, if he takes a bite, if he doesn't take a bite, if mm-hmm. he's eaten anything of a sandwich. And it happens all day and all night. And having a hope of a medication that might ease some of that and give you a more normal life is, is, is like heaven to our families, you know, and, and every child, their CF might differ you know some it could be the sense that and you've heard it that they'd be coughing consistently every single night and now this this stops it this 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 gives your child a more normal life and just to take it away abruptly with anything i just i think it is absolutely disgusting it's horrific that these children are being discriminated they're discriminated Mm -hmm. for a gene that they were born with and to happen to fall in an age cohort, be just purely six to eleven years old with a rare gene, and nothing for it. I just I think it's absolutely horrific. And when you were when you went when you were told Caftrio will work, please God, um, and Caftrio was coming, and then you had to do as you said, you had to do blood tests. And what was that? What was that protocol like, Sarah? 
What did you have to go through there? Well, we, we actually we live in, in Sligo, um, okay. so we attend Crumlin. And um, so, for example, the, there's pre-drug testing involved prior okay. to taking Caftrio to mark as a, a baseline. So a, a sweat test would be involved. And, and just, again, for, for your listeners, the Caftrio it will not reverse the damage that has already been done. So okay. in our yeah, case, yeah. Char- Charlie is seven, and he does have lung damage already. Now, Caftrio won't take that away. But what it will do is it will help prevent future damage. It will yeah. help. It will, and so these tests are involved to help mark the child, you know, to, to see how they are responding to the calf trio. Okay. So we went to Crumlin uh, for blood tests and sweat tests, and these are fasting bloods. So, you know, we were on a 540 train, and Charlie's starving, and wow. he's scared of, you know, he doesn't like blood draws. Yeah. No child does. Yeah. But I had to explain to him, okay, don't, we're doing this. It's good. We're good. We need to get this medicine, and then hopefully you might not need your feeding tube anymore, and you can play sports with your friends, and you can go on sleepovers, and you can do these things. And he, okay, that got him through the blood test. Yeah. And, you know, we had discussions. We had, like, like the team was so happy you know there was so much excitement about what was to come it was so positive and then literally three days later we find this out you know it's it's just i i thought like there must be something no it can't be that's not right we were just in kremlin three days ago like surely that's not the case and you found but out there was problems with the contract yes not because side there effects, was a glitch not no, the medication no not the child Correct. Problems with the contract. There's a problem with the contract. When the contract was done, the, these children, these 35 children of this age cohort with a specific uh, rare genotype were not included in the contract. And things, I understand things happen. I, under, I, yeah. I, I completely appreciate that. But then, Joe, as well, these statements that you are receiving from Vertex and HSE mm. are cruel. Because mm. we have been receiving the exact same thing okay. for the past seven months. You know, at least I think they should have the decency to give you who is trying to help us and bring awareness or even have an opportunity. Maybe, maybe, maybe they have a different story. Maybe they have something else that they can shed a little bit of light on to us, give us a little bit, you know, but this sending the same generic statement over and over again, it's just like another blow, blow after blow after blow. And it's just... One thing, you, you also mentioned, I do not go out of the house after 6pm in the evening. Yeah, because I, I have to prepare Charlie for his feeding machine every night. And um, it's, if I don't set up his machine by a certain time, it will, it will alter his feed rate for the night. So Charlie is fed, um, he gets formula through the feeding tube during the night and it's it's stressful for me to go out because all I'm thinking about is when I get home I gotta set him up and hook him up to a, a yeah. feeding tube and if I do something wrong then I've messed up his night feed and then he hasn't fed and it's I think this this is part of the problem as well I think like for a mother a father as well but I think it's a patient or a parent nature to feed their child whatever way they do it. And because I can't do it traditionally, I'm mm. reliant on the machine. And if I mess up the machine, then I haven't, I haven't fulfilled my feeding requirement, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, there's been times, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to travel, you know, because he, he has so much equipment and everything just takes a lot of extra um you know, preparation and consideration and, and, um, you know, we, we try, but it's, um, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Stay with us here. Agnes, uh, in County Kilkenny, your point, please, Agnes. I was just, uh, trying to make the point to Sarah or to all the families, um, that even though, um, they're very annoyed at the HSC and they're really mad, uh, the people that are negotiating the contracts are in there really fighting for the country. If they weren't there, uh, we would be in exactly the same position as people in the States are in. 
where people are dying because they can't get their uh, diabetic medicine, where they can't get their blood pressure medicine, where they can't get any of their medicines because the drug companies are the people that set the price, not the governments. The governments in Europe and Ireland are in there every day fighting hard with the drug companies to try and get the best price they can. That's what they're doing. So the villain and I understand yeah. uh, if you were looking at a little child that's struggling to breed with CF, that mm. that would actually break your heart. But I don't think uh, the point has been made sufficiently that the, the civil servants or whatever agency are in there fighting as hard as they can. The uh, drug companies are multi-billionaires and that's their job. To make millions for any drug that they actually no, no, come up no, to no, the market with. No, no, no. You see, with. I, I, I can just hang on a minute now. Um, Sorry, Okay, the job of pharmaceutical companies is to make pharmaceuticals. Yeah. That work. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, they they couldn't exist. Yeah. Okay. That's it. No, 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 no. You've just said, and I I understand this argument. I understand all this stuff about big pharma and all this carry on. Yeah. Um, but you said their job is to make billions. Their job, they won't make billions. I don't know well, how much... They do. Have you no, 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 hang, no, hang on. Just, just listen to the point. They won't make billions unless they make pharmaceuticals that are successful. And that that's work. right. Okay? That's, so that's they, don't, right. they don't make billions by producing dud f- uh, pharmas. In fact, oh, could, no. It could, no de- yeah, it could destroy a company. Now, I don't know about you, but I couldn't make an aspirin. I couldn't tell you what's in an aspirin. But I admire, I admire people who go to college for six, seven, ten, fifteen years. Uh, people and who twenty years, twenty years. I admire, I admire them, and I admire the companies that employ them. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's, I just don't think it's. And by the way, the the political system in the United States of America, over, and you, you must include both sides of the aisle in this. Because there is only two sides, which is a, in the states there is only two political groups, unfortunately, the Democrats and the Republicans. Both of them, both of them. And now I know Obama tried to try to with his uh, Medicare, but both of them have bought into this system uh, of of uh, the, the drug purchasing. They've bought into it. Now in Ireland, we are we have a different system here. Thank God, and we're proud of it. We're proud of it. It could be better. I always we have to say that. But we we've a different system here. But I don't know if it gets us anywhere to say that Vertex or the HSE or whatever are the villains in this piece. I don't think blaming will get us anywhere in this. I just, no, just I, think we need we I, need I, we need a solution. You say yeah, in your call here, no one is mentioning the drug companies. I think anyone listening to Liveline in the last six to eight weeks, they will be able to tell you who Vertex is, because it's been mentioned. They've been mentioned so often on this. Now we can't. I Vertex don't listen to Liveline, and the government don't listen to Liveline or whatever. So, so, so what do we do? How do we solve this problem? Well, do you leave it to the, 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 the no. agency that's in there fighting for it and trying to get the best price? Because remember, everybody, uh, they have to try and get the best price so that all the children can be looked after. Not just the 35, all the children can be looked after. And I, I, they, I can see that the 35 are an absolute immediate problem because, as Sarah said, uh, each the day that goes ticking, by, yes. she's suffering from more uh, yeah, lung yeah. damage because she doesn't get it. But the, uh, the point I'm trying to make is they need to... to like, if, if, if uh, you're talking about aspirin, well, I mm. remember when aspirin, if you went into a pharmacy to buy aspirin mm-hmm. uh, 20 years ago, it was six times the price it is yeah, now. Yeah. And it was because the, 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 the um, purchasing agency got in there with the pharmaceutical companies and fought the case. No, no, so, no, no. What's happened as well is, in fairness, that whoever, it was, I think it was BASF who invented, who invented aspirin, the initial costs of inventing a new drug are borne by the company that invented. And obviously that cost goes down dramatically the more of the drug you, you produce. 
over years, of course it will go down. And then the patent runs out. And then, thankfully, there's companies like Clonmel here in Ireland that produce generic drugs and the price go down, even though the prices of our drugs here over the counters in, pharma in pharmacies are much greater than, say, in Spain for some reason. So what are the Spanish doing that we're not doing? But the cost of a drug will always go down as, as the, the life of the drug increases and the volume of sales increase because the cost of developing that drug is is uh, diluted over time and and I I don't think there's any well maybe maybe there is maybe I'm naive yeah, I, and I take I, a point I, I, Agnes, I really but think uh, that I wish someone would go to Vertex in Boston I know it doesn't make exactly, any difference exactly go in and so, sit in their foyer at the their, I, I sent them a letter there myself a few weeks ago just out of frustration I don't know it's called I think I can't see it now but it's called Northern Mall uh, Boston Massachusetts that's where their world headquarters are and I don't know if someone goes in and you, you, it doesn't work like this. You sit in the foyer, you try and meet someone and you say to them, listen, do you know about the 35 in Ireland? Do you know where they're caught in the middle between you? And is there any, is there any flexibility, please? And does I, anybody know why the difference is? No, we don't. Uh, we don't. Between... Well, like, you see, in fairness, the government would say, and rightly so, this, these, these are commercially sensitive negotiations. That's not what they'd say. Yeah. You know. Like, I, I, I can't understand why there's a difference between one group of children and the other group of children yeah. because they have no, a that genetic... Was, that, was a timing, that was timing, Agnes, unfortunately, as the drug, the, the drug was initially developed and they discovered it worked for this specific age group and uh, with a specific... Uh, well, it wasn't just age, by the way, because some, some children under uh, 12 got it, got Captrio at that time. But then it was discovered that the, the Captrio worked for another uh, form of CF. There are many, many forms of CF. Uh, it's a generic umbrella. And that would affect 35 children. But they weren't, as Veritex say, they weren't in the uh, original uh, agreement, were not included in the original agreement signed in 2017. And now they're discovered that it, would work, it will work for them. And they're outside that agreement. And that's where we're stuck. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately. Well, I don't know the answer to that. Then. No, none um, of us do. None of I us mean, do. I think somebody can find an answer to it. Yeah. And remember, we have something like uh, many people in Ireland work in pharmaceutical companies, and they're incredible. Anytime you meet any of them, and I know a few of them, anytime you meet any of them, they are extraordinarily impressive yeah. people in terms of what they've, the studying they've done, the their knowledge, I know too, in particular, mother, they, they leave you speechless with their, no, not with their arrogance, but with their knowledge at such a young age. But anyway, but I take your point. Uh, and Joe, I, you may I, not be, you see, you're talking about scientists there, yeah. but I mean, the scientists and the business people are two different oh, things. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You can you do a science and a business degree together in Ireland. Yeah. You can, you can, yeah. which well, is I mean, fine. The people that are running the company yeah. are not scientists. They're uh, hard-nosed businessmen. Well, the, well the, the person who runs Vertex is a, is, a, is a medic, is a scientist. Yeah. She is a scientist. But anyway, that, does, that doesn't butter any parts. So I take your point, Agnes, and it is a very nuanced and complicated negotiation, and we wish everyone well. We really wish okay. everyone well. Agnes, thanks so much for for okay. your for your uh, one well, thanks your, for talking your to me, Joe. and okay. your, your and thank you for your compassion and and uh, uh, your your other points you made as well. Uh, John Whelan, John, again, we have so many voice messages from people, um, and we decided uh, so far not to play them because there are people who are frustrated, so frustrated, and everyone mentions they can bring in. And you can understand people's frustration. 15 other projects that money is being spent on and people will come in with a different 15 projects and say, why can't we look after these children? But um, we really appreciate the voice messages and we, we, we'll play them when, when it's uh, appropriate. But, John, you, you were listening and you did something. Yeah. Joe, so as, as a parent and a grandparent... Um, we don't have um, any problems with our children or grandchildren, thankfully. Yeah. But the the heartfelt message, the stories that you heard yesterday and today, and people feeling guilty. I was just listening yesterday, and I just felt like I'd love to do something. 
Mm-hmm. And was one of your callers yesterday mentioned about doing a drawing of having children in it and uh, the 35 children being excluded. So last night, thought on it, and I sent it in to you earlier on, a little logo that I designed for them, and yeah. hopefully they can use it. And if they if they don't, uh, fair play to them for even just um, giving me the time to, to send it on to them. But I just felt that it, it was something to try and, for me to try and give back, if, if, if you will, to those people. Um, yeah. Because it's it's dreadful what they're going through. I have no, nothing, um, no imagination whatsoever can can come to me for what these parents are suffering with. And um, it's just my small contribution to the debate. Okay, it's a lovely, it's a lovely logo, by the way, and people can use it freely, I presume. Freely, yeah. yeah. I have not. I don't want any. <laughs> I don't want any feedback from it or anything like that. I don't want any fees for it. It was just something that I just having listened to that lady yesterday talking with her mother, I believe it was. And so yeah. what I did was I just put 35 little children in the shadow yeah. around the circle and uh, just put the message across and please don't exclude them. Yeah. And that was it. So if people want to share it and walk away, please walk away. If it does any good, I'd be happy. Um, with that, um, it's a lovely, it's a lovely uh, logo, and it's thirty-five children holding hands as well in a in a circle, which is um, which is which is uh, fantastic. Um, let's let's give those thirty-five children names and realise how quickly these are not the names; these are thirty-five children's names: Olivia, Liam, Emma, Noah, Amelia, Oliver, Ava, Elijah, Sophia, Matteo, Isabella, Lucas, Luna, Levi, Maya, Asher, Charlotte, James, Evelyn, Leo, Harper, Grayson, Scarlett, Ezra, Nova, Luca, Aurora, Ethan, uh, Ella, Aiden, Mila, uh, Wyatt, uh, Aria, Sebastian, and Ellie. There's 35 names, 35 lives. Yo! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And I've tweeted that uh, lovely logo uh, that um, John Whelan did. It's called 35 Every Child Matters. Please don't exclude them. I've changed my avatar. Not that it makes one centil of a difference in the world we live in. On Twitter, uh, at Joe Liveline to the 35. It's a, it's a lovely little piece and it's on Twitter there. And as John says, you can... Um, you can use it freely, uh, Sarah. Does I I I know these questions. I know these answers, and I say, "Would well, you have you anything that gives you hope at this stage, apart from looking at your beautiful, uh, your beautiful boy, Charlie?" I I would like to hope so. Yeah. Um, hey, where are you from originally? With that accent, by the way. I'm from Canada. Canada. Um, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time actually. So I, I know when um, when your caller just rang there as well. I, I appreciate the North American healthcare yeah. system as well. Um, I've had a lot of experience with that when Charlie was first born, and I will say that I have a lot of appreciation um, for the HSE. And okay. when yeah, you okay. live abroad, yeah, you yeah. you do appreciate. And um, well said. And yeah. I, I I can't say enough wonderful things about Charlie's CF team. They're, they're absolutely yeah. wonderful people. Um, I guess my, my only comment, though, to that is our families shouldn't have been promised medication. Yeah. If there's something wrong, if there's some issue about price, listen, you know, I think we're we're all fairly understanding people. Um, you know, I, I from the parents that I've been speaking with and these groups and mm-hmm. these CF moms, the whole CF community, I, I think we are all very rational, understanding people. Um and I think that, and I, I do completely appreciate that the, the HSE and the government do need to get medication and things at, at, at a suitable price. I completely appreciate yeah. that. But you should not promise families medication and then take it away. It, I just, I think that is where my biggest issue is. And yeah. yes, I, I, I think... 
we um, all hope that this can be yeah. resolved. And as I, as I said yesterday, and uh, again, I was prompted by by the, the family uh, who are on the line that um, people who are in positions of power and politics are in the main good, good people. They are. There's nobody. And as I said, I know the great discussion on radio and television over the next 10 or six days now is that who's going to get the new when the T-shirt becomes tarnished and the tarnished becomes T-shirt. Is there going to be a reshuffle and who'll get the jobs? And I, I made a point in one sense it's it's irrelevant because all the people who are available are decent professionally. You don't get that to that level in politics. Um, without being uh, highly competent and, and highly skilled. So that's a given. Um, and their civil servants will be the same civil servants. And they're generally, we're, our civil servants in Ireland are highly rated, uh, highly rated as well. But the, the frustration with this particular case is, and I was mentioning the scoliosis, and that Stephen Donnelly had been on uh, the one o'clock with Brian yesterday, the Minister for Health, talking about scoliosis. And uh, I, if you said there are there are pickups and you need surgeons and you need theatres and you need all the incredible skilled ancillary staff, you need the aftercare, uh, which is true, um, absolutely true. But in the case of Cathrio, it is for many people five yards away. It is over the other side of a counter. For these thirty-five children, it is over the other side of a counter, so to speak, in a pharmacy. We're not looking, it doesn't need 12 surgeons or 12 highly qualified medics to administer it. It's been done, it's been dusted, it's been passed, it's been approved. It's been, it's, and in your case, as you say, Sarah, you were told, these 35 children were told, it's on its way. And then it wasn't that the surgeons or there were side effects found or the drug was found out to be A, B, C, D. It was, you were told, actually, there's a problem with the contract. So it's on paper. I know it's money, but it's 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 and, it's on paper. And and the thing is, Joe, I think I, I think we're just kind of at a point that you know now now matter has escalated to the HTA, and and we would really appreciate if they could expedite this as quickly as possible. But in the meantime, you know, if there could just be some recognition of this oversight that was made, okay? Yeah. Because of this oversight. Could these children just be granted the medication until everything is sorted between the HSE and Vertex mm. as an act of goodwill, just just something for what we've had to go through? But that I don't would, think yeah, yeah, but that would take an act of goodwill on both sides. It would. The government and Vertex. It would. It yeah. would. And I believe that there are good people out there, and I believe yeah. that... If they would think, if they were in our position, or if they would think about their own children or grandchildren that could be in this mm. position, I think and I hope that something could be done. And if they listen to some of the other parents, again, that were on yesterday, Grania talking mm. about her girls wishing for calf trio from Santa... Yeah. And Santa can work miracles. Yeah. yeah. So maybe there is a possibility. Okay. Uh, st stay with us, Sarah. Gillian uh, McNulty, uh, who you know is a long-standing campaigner uh, and long participant in this program, uh, wants to say hello to you after this break. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Gillian McDulty has contact because you're listening to Sarah. Gillian, can you, can anyone address, you are a CF, you're living with CF. Can you, any, can anyone address the, the mother's guilt, the parent's guilt? I, like, uh, Joe, no mother or no parent should feel guilty. This is not their fault. Yeah. This is not their fault. This is down to Vertex and the HSE and the government. This is down to them. It's not down to any parent or any family or any mom or any dad. It's not their fault. Okay. They don't need to feel guilt over this. Can this I, is down to the people that make these decisions. You were so powerful on the or can be campaign. Um, yeah. What, what, and ma I, what makes a difference, Gillian? What can parents do? They just, uh, Joe, you know what we all need to do is get out on the streets again. I mean, it took three sure. protests during the Arcambi campaign to get the drug. 
or to get the pipeline deal. And did you and go? Again, did you go to Vertex? I met with Vertex uh, probably seven or eight times. And what was, was that in, like? I was in, um, it, it's kind of like banging your head up a brick wall. But yeah. it, we did get somewhere in the end. Like I was literally, literally within the last ten minutes, messaged all my contacts in Vertex. I don't know if it's going to do anything, okay. but like we all have to try here because it's thirty-five children. 35 children and it's so so wrong that we're here again and yeah. that we've been fighting and they've been fighting for the last couple of weeks okay, and the Cap- last couple of months and you told us recently Caftrio saved your life I would not be here if it wasn't for Caftrio uh, Joe like okay. when I got that I like I was so so ill I got it on compassionate use I would have been dead within a month had I not have got it okay. you know so it is it, it's okay. a powerful drug yeah. and these kids need access now it's just yeah. so wrong we okay. need to take to the streets again, Joe, without a doubt. Okay, okay. And shame the government uh, Jill- in, and Bartek into, into them, yeah. uh, Okay, Gillian, thanks, Nigel McNulty. Uh, Sarah, so much um, love and compassion and empathy coming in for you and uh, there's no way I can communicate that across the airwaves and there's no way it makes any difference, unfortunately, in, in the awful dilemma that Charlie is in and 35 children are in have been caught in the middle. Uh, we wish you well, Sarah, and uh, we will keep in touch, which I hope you do, and I hope the next time we speak it will be mu- much better uh, news Thank for, you. for you and your wonderful family. Thanks, thanks, Sarah. Uh, Jamie Doyle was on sound. Shane Gavin was BCO, Elisa Marie Berry produced.